Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. Finally, does it feel like spring finally? It's it's here. I tell I tell the crew, my my managers, uh, the key salespeople, uh, spring hits like the entire community is out when you hit out have one week of 70 degree weather. Well, we've gone from 55 to like I think it's supposed to be 80 on Monday or something. So we're going into the 70s. We're here. So this is kind of, it feels like we can start planting comfortably. I would encourage you, in fact, don't wait. So I'm helping some customers now. They're buying peonies and lilacs and all these spring things, gardenias and and rhododendrons. And they're buying them because they're afraid we'll run out and we will. But they're buying them and they're not planting them. Some of these things that you, you find at the garden centers right now, plant them. They're ready to go. So don't wait. It is a good time. Don't don't put them in the garage and bring them back out. They're, they're used to the chilly nights. So they're spring plants. Spring plants like, like warm days, cool nights. Summer plants don't like that. Summer plants like hot days and warm nights. Spring plants don't like that. So they stop blooming. So we're starting to see a transition now. We're starting to bring in more of those uh, full-on spring. And there's there's a whole group that are transitional. So I would say gardenias. Uh, I would say geraniums, petunias. These are things that will, t- even peppers, if you want uh, ornamental or, or edible peppers. These things, they'll take some cold. They'll take down into the 20s. Uh, but they won't go into 19. So <laughs> I would say don't. As too many people are waiting. You can almost do more damage by waiting to plant than by than just putting them in the ground. In the ground, the ground's not going to freeze. There's no way you can get a frost. There's no way you're going to get frost line at this point. It's it's just not going to happen. I've never. I guess I shouldn't say that. Knock on wood. Where's some wood? Uh, but but I've never seen it happen before. Let's put it that way. And so I think you're you're good to go. I, you do more damage. So I was actually having to sell someone just yesterday afternoon. They had a, a cartload of peonies, uh, a, a lilac and a forsythia. She goes, well, I'm going to put them in the garage and wait. I'm going to wait a few until this cold is over. I'm going, that's not until May. Don't keep them in the garage until May. Do it right now. Just plant them now. They're comfortable. My peonies in, in my own yard are coming up, but I don't cover them at all. Pansies, I don't cover them at all. So I think it's time to, to start putting those things in the ground. One thing to watch, uh, your, your fruit trees will probably start to open up. If not, they're already cracking. They're starting to show color, especially apricots and nectarines. Um, you can plant those now. I said, get them in the ground, put them in the ground. Uh, but if they're blooming and they start to set fruit, then you might want to have a sheet ready to kind of keep the frost off. So that's what takes the edge off of your fruiting plants. But a lilac doesn't need that. You're not saving the flowers. There's not a fruit. So I'd say go ahead and plant those. And when you're planting, uh, I, 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 boy, 
I think we're going to see some death and decay in the yard this year, more than years past. And, and, and here's what I'm thinking. And I don't know yet, but I'm seeing the leading indication from customers. Um, they were sitting in the ground. They got too wet. It was cold. And things just rotted and got cold and died in the ground. So you might see some plants that are just really late to wake up. If you see that, give them time, fertilize them, but give them time. But if they aren't awake by May 1, it's probably dead. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Put it on your radar. So you got a couple weeks, kind of monitor it. But I, I think we're going to see some things that are, I'm seeing some things dead in my yard that I didn't expect would die. So uh, just kind of be aware of that. With that being said, we are about three weeks late of, of things waking up from winter. So give it some time, but don't wait too long. We live in America where you need some fresh, beautiful glories. If it happened to fade on you or, or it just isn't quite waking up for 20 bucks, you can have a new one. So just kind of start over again. But I'm, I th I'm thinking we're going to see some things because it was so wet and such a long winter. So it was from October until this weekend. It's been winter. I mean, full on like winter. Uh, more moisture than we've seen in, in, since probably the 80s. Since like 40, 50 years, we haven't seen moisture like this. And so that's where the ground just, the plants have adapted to drought. And then we're out of that. Or I don't know if we're out of it. You can never say that in the Southwest. We're always in drought. But it had a whole lot of rain that it's not used to. And so you can see some root rot and some, some things happen when plants get too wet and then cold, it could take them out. So just kind of be aware. With that being said, I need to give permission to some of you folks. Oh, some of you poor gardeners, you've just got to get over yourself. Oh my gosh. If you've got a plant, I've had several customers this week, they came in going, I don't know this rose, I'm trying to get it to correct. It's been ugly for three years. What do I do, Ken? Okay, find a bumper, get a chain, and pull it out of the ground. Ugly plants. Plants, they have a life cycle. I think roses are one of those, Russian sage, salvia gregii. There are several that have a life cycle that they're really fabulous for five, six, seven years. And then they, they, they crest, and they don't look as good. We need to give permission to, I know they're alive, but they can't be alive and ugly in front of your million dollar house. That's just unacceptable. They have to be beautiful. And again, you pull it out for 20 bucks, you put a new one in. So I think sometimes we just need to, we, it's it's okay to remodel. You do that to your kitchen, you rip the whole thing, you rip out a new one every 20 years and put a new one in. We need to do that with our landscape some. So we need to get better at and just realize you're not planting puppy dogs out there. These are just plants and you could put a new one in and it's not a game changer of life and death in the, in the landscape. If it's ugly, it's not going to get pretty again. Start over and then put a new one in. So I, I believe that we should start putting 10% of our landscape should be new each year. And if you're doing that over a 10-year period, you're, you're putting a new landscape in or some freshness, some, some new vitality into that landscape every, every 10 years, you got a rotation. So there's always something new. What we, what we get left with are monocultures where 
the plant, all that's left are just these hedgerow of junipers and they're woody and overgrown and they're just, they're just bringing you down. And you can date the neighborhood just by the photinias that are there or by the, the pecky cedar that's out in front for your raised beds instead of the new thing now, our block, retaining block. So you can just kind of, you don't want your house to get dated. It's so easy to keep it updated. And I think your plants, they're the ones that start it. So you need to start with your plants and just adding some freshness in there. If your lilac has not bloomed for three years, I mean, maybe it's time to call it and go, you know, it's I put you in here for fragrance of beauty and you haven't been performing. You're out of there. So <laughs> just kind of start over. It's okay to do that. I'm giving you permission to add, just to get rid of the ugly stuff, step back, look at the landscape and go, hmm, you know, I have been wanting to try a new apple tree or berries or a new forsythia or a new crepe myrtle or whatever your thing is. Uh, there's always new, I mean, sometimes my container guards especially, I want some of those things. They live too long. I mean, I've got a, a shrub rose. I've, I put the very first uh shrub rose into my backyard to see if it if, see how long it would live in a container on my back patio it's north facing it's an awkward spot and it has thrived just absolutely done well but now it's been like i don't know 15 years it's still there and it's still blooming it still looks good i want it to die i might just rip it out just to start over because i want a different color there's some beautiful new shrub roses that are coming out. They actually have fragrance. They look like a long stem rose. There's some new genetics coming out that are just over the top. It's okay to put new stuff in or, or clean things out. Got a lot in store for you. We got Lisa coming in with your garden questions. Let's take a break right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters companion plants for April are Purple Twist Plums, Perfume Lilacs, Columbine, and Arizona Gallardia. Gallardia is the perfect mountain perennial with huge fiery flowers on a compact plant. She loves the heat and super drought hardy. You can count on this bloomer to show off all summer long in raised beds, containers, or in the garden. Havelina and rabbit proof. This bloomer is a must-have Arizona plant. Arizona Gallardia, found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. The place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden question. Just what are people talking about out in the landscape? Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So we should let people know you are just back 
from Poland. I made it back. Yeah, survived. Barely, but I made it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what she would tell us what what you're doing uh, there? Why are you in Poland without your your uh, boyfriend? Well, I went with my daughter-in-law and the three grandkids and we went to Poland. So and her mother who is originally from Poland. So they moved I think in the early 80s from Poland to the states. Yep. Um so it was just fun to go back. I I, I got to see uh, where Maria is her mother, uh, where she grew up, the little village she grew up in and where her dad grew up in a little mountain yeah. town. But uh, so we were down near Krakow is yeah. where we were. Um, beautiful, beautiful country. Beautiful country. Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. Great yes. people. Great people. Uh, food was good. Lots of chicken, lots of potatoes. Of course. Great You're beer. in Poland. <laughs> But yeah, lots of uh, spruce and firs and pines, lots of birch. Really interesting. Uh, aspens? No, Swedish aspens? Seems like Swedish aspens, like Swedish aspens was, come just a little bit south of there. It was mostly but... the birch gotcha. that we saw. Um, but just lovely, lovely country. I would definitely go back. I would love to go back in the summer. Take me, take definitely. me. They love because. They're kind of like at a Flagstaff elevation, yeah. so their season's kind of compressed, but they love their flowers. Oh, yeah. So she's like, you got to come back in the summer because they just do beautiful container gardening, hanging baskets. That's kind of their thing. They make the most of the season when they have the season. So um, I would love to go back. There are some really, has got some friends on the international level, Poland, uh, actually Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. Ukrainians love their garden centers, mm -hmm. Czechoslovakia. So yeah. they're big into their plants there. And you wouldn't think that, but it's just that natural alpine beauty all the time. No, they actually plant it. Yeah. So and they love more. So I think mm -hmm. part of that's just being indoors so long for winter yeah. when you finally come out it's kind of like montreal yeah. when they finally come out they're going all in yeah. so, uh. <laughs> yeah. so but i had a wonderful wonderful time i would definitely go back it was fun hanging with the grandkids because they got what they to, think were they speaking polish they by were. the time they got to go so when they first Good. got there they maybe knew one or two words by the time we left because they did, where we were at, really nobody spoke English. It was yeah, all Polish, good. which was fun. It was great. You're, you're living with their family, right? In their house, right? Yeah. So um, the kids were like, "Oh, I get it now. I get why this is important awesome. to to speak Polish." So it was fun to see. That's good. So yeah. for those folks in the Prescott area, they're hotel families, and so the Plevas, they are. You know who they are. So you, some of some of the folks in Prescott. So our boy married into the play, not into. She married, I, I guess you marry into each other's they families. There they combine forces, lanes <laughs> of Plavas. So we got a yeah. strong uh, contingent of, of mm -hmm. Polish folks that we love dearly in our yeah. family. And they've just enriched our lives uh, beyond. But, but Teresa is the first generation born mm -hmm. here American. They've got dual citizenship. So mm -hmm. they've gotten back and forth. So it's just fun to see, get to, we love different cultures. We've always taught our oh, yeah. family, our kids, God created cultures so that we can enjoy each other in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so our kids have always taken that and just gone extreme with it. They've traveled <laughs> around the world and just we oh, plop into some place. Very well traveled. Almost we, better traveled than us. Well, we'll, we'll change we're that. We're getting there. Yeah, we'll change that. So. <laughs> but I would say if anybody has maybe thought or not thought about going to Poland, it yeah. is definitely worth going to. Really? Good. I would go. Now I'm jealous. You should be. I didn't get to go. I was here because we hired like a boatload of people. I was just nervous having oh. all these new staff members. I want to keep the company Wait. culture going. I want to have strong. Uh, it's a bunch of women and, and two grandsons. You wouldn't like. <laughs> 
come on. <laughs> uh, garden questions. What are we talking oh, about? We should cover some garden content, not just sure. your travel uh, to Poland, but how was Krakow? Krakow, the city is amazing. So we went uh, kind of this downtown Krakow. There's yeah. a huge castle there, a beautiful cathedral there, uh, but just very Ooh. traditional. Um, how they do, you know, the houses are kind of painted different yeah. colors, yellows yeah. and pinks and uh, wonderful little stores to go through. Just uh, very art oriented. Uh, lots of statues and all that kind of stuff. It was just and, very and, nice. Uh, so I've been to Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. Japan, that is very solemn. I mean, it is a very solemn place. Yeah. Auschwitz, was that like we that? Or was it more Auschwitz. of a, just a tourist trap? Oh, or no, was it... it's not touristy at all. Auschwitz is definitely worth going to just okay. uh, for the reminder. Yeah. Uh, that actually did happen. It was a horrible time. And also, it's just the history of it. You learn. I thought I knew a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I learned so much more going there, actually walking through the different camps. And gotcha. uh, it is very sobering, but wow. very worthwhile doing. How'd the grandkids take that? Were they so, okay? Or they even um, realize what's going on? So we brought the older two. One was 12. Got it. One is nine. Um, and they. I was very proud of them. They weren't squirrely. Oh, good. Uh, and they asked very good questions questions and and they were thinking it through and they you know i i was hesitant to bring the younger i would think wife, so even. yeah um but it definitely worthwhile there were not many children there younger really? people there yeah. i would say but they understood what it was they understood the depth of it the the terribleness of it yeah. and they asked some very good questions yeah. garden questions so we'll oh, we okay. don't want to end on that now that's too depressing yeah, oh my gosh death camps of two or more two mm. <laughs> let's go to let's go to gardening well, let's go to strawberries <laughs> <laughs> so sue and chino has an existing strawberry patch which she wants to add to this year Last year, she didn't feel like she got a lot of strawberries oh, out of it. Sure. Um, and someone recommended her using the flower power. So she wants to know, is that worthwhile using on the patch yeah. or should she be using something else? So great question. So it should have been a blockbuster strawberry year last year. We had enough moisture. We were out of mm -hmm. the monsoon rains came. We had, we just, it should have been the stars aligned and you should have had unbelievable harvest. So I think we're down to soil or food. Mm -hmm. A soil is harder to correct because it's just, well, they're already planted. So it's a patch already there. You could throw a layer, although it's almost too late for that. I'd say right now it's just start with food. Mm -hmm. Flower power is great. It's a water soluble. But I think you need to actually do a twofold. Put down a fruit and berry mm -hmm. food. So we've got a fruit and vegetable food. It's a pelletized granular organic food. Sprinkle that on top of the patch. That will feed the worms, get your patch going. It will it'll it'll promote more blossoms. And then in addition, I would do the flower power. I do twofold. I would do flower power twice a month. Mm -hmm. That's a water soluble. Just go out there and give it some, just make them happy. But that's also going to activate the pellets that will kind of double down. And you, if you do that, those two things, mm -hmm. do the uh, uh, fruit and vegetable food maybe every, I don't know, every other month. Mm -hmm and do the flower power twice a month. So hopefully I didn't get that confusing over the airwaves. Mm -hmm. but that ought to be a game changer. I think that'll get you a really good mm -hmm. uh, 
berry production yeah. on your strawberries, especially, especially an older patch. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Come yeah. see us for more. Sometimes you just need to kick them in the pants. Yeah. And the flower power definitely kicks them in the pants. So definitely worth it. All right. Our next question is from Tom and Prescott. So he didn't water his trees much through the winter because we okay. just had so much rain. He right. wants to know, when should I be getting them back on their regular schedule? Gotcha. So that's great. Tom, you're right on track. I didn't water very much, maybe maybe once a month. It's, it was very irregular because we had so much moisture. Mm -hmm. So, But I am turning my irrigation on, ours at the garden center and at home. We're starting to turn that on. I think April is when you turn your irrigation on. So your timing's perfect. It looks like there's no more uh, moisture in the in the pipeline and we're getting up into that late high 70s, 80s. So things are going to dry out. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, so now it's time to turn those things on. You're probably watering once a week mm -hmm. for established plant trees and shrubs, mm -hmm. roses, lilacs, just once a week, mm -hmm. especially as they start to bloom. So you're seeing purple leaf plum bloom, Ornament. Things are starting to wake up and they're heavily budded, heavily blooming right now. That's your cue. Turn the irrigation on because if they get dry while they're in flower, you'll you'll reduce your 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 flowers. Mm -hmm. So now's the time, Tom. Turn it on. Water them once a week. Deep soak about I don't know, a couple hours. Once a week should be enough for a drip irrigation system. And you're going to do that through October. So I've got a handout on that. You can come in and get it. It's how to water here at the Garden Center. For more, Tom, we'd love to help you out. But that is the end of this segment. We just talked too much about Poland and traveling the world. It's nice to be post-COVID anymore. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO. Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables. Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Columbine, Purple Plum, and our Prescott Poppies. These silk beauties look delicate, but really one of the toughest bloomers in the gardens. These wildflowers come in vivid colors of orange, red, pink, and white that are ideal for the hard-to-grow areas in your yard. You're going to love your backyard again. Prescott poppies can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So some of the lilacs have started to bloom here at the garden center, especially the, the dwarf varieties. The others, the larger varieties, are heavily budded and cracking. So we're, we're talking literally almost hours away. It would not surprise me if this weekend we see them start to open up, at least here at Waters Garden Center, which means throughout the county, they're going to be blooming. 
I thought I would take a moment and just explain uh, lilacs. There's so many varieties. I probably have 12 or more types or varieties of lilacs in the garden center right now. All of them are going to bloom this spring. So it's always been forsythia, then flowering quince, then lilacs. And it's just kind of a wave of different shrubs that start to bloom. And lilacs are those classic tall pinnacles, great big flowers that are super fragrant, like lilac fragrance. They will fill up an entire landscape with this beautiful fragrance. And as soon as we hit 70, that seems to be their trick. They kind of go, okay, that's it. I'm in bloom. That's, and they'll bloom for about six weeks or so. Well, it depends on the variety. That's why we're going to go into this, kind of explain it to you. And so there's how do I how do I really simplify this in six minutes or less? There's really two main varieties of lilacs as far as sizes go. There's the tall version. These are the ones that you and your grandparents, your grandparents grew these. Your grandmother was famous for her lilacs and they were lining the driveway and, and she'd pick some and bring them indoors. And the entire inside of the house would smell of lilac. That's a tall variety. They get up easily head high to... You know, it's six, seven, eight, nine feet tall. They shaped uh, about six feet wide, kind of this beautiful, just uh, so I take a white lilac. I love the fragrance of white, a tall one. And I put it on the west side of my house because my office downstairs just bakes. Oh, it gets so hot. It's ridiculous. So I put a lilac there to just shade the lower level. So it's a two-story house. I just wanted this one room, my office, where I do a lot of creative writing and things. I wanted this to be cooled. And so I put a, a white standard size lilac. It's up about eight feet tall. It's perfect. It's doing the absolute, just exactly what I wanted. I, it loses its foliage in the winter. So I get the solar gain. So I get the heat in the winter, but I get the shade in the summer. And that's how you use deciduous plants. That's a great way to add shade. And then, and then you get the winter heat. So this is perfect. It's in bloom right now or, or starting to crack, or it's, it, it's just going into bloom and it will be in fragrance for at least six weeks, maybe longer. And then right after it's in blooming, it starts to leaf out. So there's also another variety called a dwarf or, or bloomerang or just dwarfed varieties of lilacs. Now these only get hip high. They're much shorter and they come in different colors as well. Basically variations of pink, blue, purple. These are its colors. And so you're seeing those starting to bloom again right now. So they all seem to bloom all at the same time. The beauty with dwarf varieties, they take no maintenance. I mean, you don't have to prune them. You do, they just stay these cute little balls the flowers are a little bit shorter. That is, they're only maybe six inches long instead of eight or nine, but they have way more of them. So you'll see flowers. There'll be twice as many flowers on a dwarf variety. So we call them bloomerang or variations of that name. Bloomerangs are, are noted for repeat blooming. So coming back around to, to bloom. That's the, the take on the name bloomerang. The beauty is, so, so they only get hip high and mine bloomed three times last year. So they bloomed in spring when, when the lilacs always bloom. They bloomed again in the monsoon season. So when it starts to rain, they'll go into bloom. And mine was in bloom in the fall 
while it was turning fall colors as this beautiful aspen gold foliage. It's just stunning. But it was in bloom at the same time, so I've got gold in this purple flower. It, it, was, it was magical. So three times. So that's the beauty of some of your dwarf varieties. There is no large variety of lilac that will bloom, repeat bloom. Just once in the spring, and then you're done. Then you have another wave. That's when your Rosa Sharon, your roses, your smoke bush, your, your Russian sage, salvias, you, 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 you design to have different plants coming into bloom at different times. So there are different variations of that. So now you've got Korean lilac, which is basically a dwarf variety, stays shorter, easier, kind of thick and full, classic, beautiful flower, lots of flowers, uh, but it doesn't repeat bloom. So it's, it's, it's got its place for it. So it's, it's a step in between the standard and the shorter ones. Uh, so look at the different varieties. You've got French lilacs. French lilacs are the bright colors, the bright reds, the really bright purples, deep, richer color. I find the French lilacs, they don't have the fragrance. They have the color, but they don't have the fragrance that you would expect from a lilac. So if you want fragrance, go for the standard size or the dwarfed varieties, all lilacs are incredibly drought hardy. So they're very robust. So you treat them like a tree. Don't, don't treat them like a rose bush or like a flower or something. Treat them like you would a tree. Once a week watering when they're established, probably more than enough. They'll go through drought cycles very easily for us. So they're a good mountain plant. All of them go down to crazy cold. So they're, they're zoned for like four. They go to minus 40 degrees. Some crazy. We'll never see that. No matter where you live in Arizona, you're not going to see that kind of cold. So they'll grow at all those elevations from 4,000 feet above. They're going to do fantastic for you. So lilacs, there's different varieties. Dwarfed, standard, in between would be Korean, repeat bloomers, easy to maintain, and every yard should have at least one. Okay, we got that for this segment. Let's come back, take a break. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Wondering why my garden looks amazing? Well, that's personal. The personal garden shopper service at Waters Garden Center, that is. Before talking with my personal shopper, I had no idea which plants would be best for me. But now my garden is bursting with flowers and buzzing with hummingbirds. Just go to watersgardencenter.com, click on shop, and choose personal garden shopper. A Waters Garden expert will pick the perfect plants for you, personally. The Personal Garden Shopper, only at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Columbine, and our Purple Twist Plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens. Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree. Plant pears flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week. It just does a whole segment just for her. 
just so I can spend more time with a pretty gal <laughs> in, a, in my office, in my studio. Uh -huh. So sure. welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah. So the spring season, it feels like <laughs> things are going. So it's like people are starting to come in. It's, mm -hmm. it's crescendoing. It's starting to go. Mm -hmm. And then by, uh, I don't know, the end of this month, it's like, Mayhem! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we switched all the uh, garden classes to Fridays Friday. at three instead of Saturdays mm -hmm. morning, just because the facility literally just won't handle right. that amount of traffic, mm -hmm. gardeners and a class, and so it takes a prep so we could spend more time with the students and answer questions without the pressure of we need to free the parking lot, boss. What's going on? Stop so, talking. I know. <laughs> It gets to that sometimes. So there'll be Friday afternoons until the end of April. Right. Then we can take a break. Yep. During the peak of the season and come back in June. Yep. June, June. Uh, 10th or 14th. I okay. have to look. It's on our website, checkwatersgardencenter.com. <laughs> there you go. That's where you kind of look. But it, it's, mm -hmm. it will start back so the facility every day won't handle class and mm -hmm. just we just had to take a break. And the team, yeah. I want tired. them focused on gardeners. Yeah. I don't want them focused on clearing out the greenhouse, setting up chairs, just, just, just help customers yep. put, but better plants in. I don't know. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So what do you have for us? So what's going on? <laughs> so we do, we've had many trucks arriving. Uh, spring is definitely in full gear, I would say. And I think we're safe to plant. I do too. That being said, always watch the weather, well, but I think we're safe to plant. So we've been getting um, a lot of annuals in. So those plants like one season, one and done, but they're beautiful throughout that season. Yeah. But we're also getting some nice perennials in. So most of your perennials tend to be more heat loving, but we have a nice selection of ones that are coming in now. That are beautiful. And yeah. I, I brought in a few to show everybody. So I, we've gotten some really cool lavenders in. So I brought those Those are in funky. I've never seen the white one. That's, yeah. What is that? Is that a ghost or what is that? So oh. this is a Spanish lavender. This is the white. I always, I don't know if it's Havilland, Javelin. 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 You're just thinking Havelina. I know. You're not trying to. I'm, I'm this is not boarded. Hispanic. This, you pronounce <laughs> the J's in, in Botan. Bota so Bot this is a white javelin spanish lavender so you can Very see the cool. tips of it. it's got a little bit of lavender color in the blossom but the tips are white so very very unique yeah. uh, nice to mix out there with some of your dark purple lavenders gives you a really nice contrast for that um the other one that i really like so this is ghostly princess the name's kind of funky but Sounds terrible. Sounds like the, Dracula would grow it or something. Ghostly the foliage princess. on it is kind of a silvery, That's true. cool, uh, silvery gray foliage with a light uh, lavender blossom on it. Just it's got a pink. It's got a pink tip it to it. More pink, pink feather to it. Yeah. So it's really nice ones to contrast with those dark purple lavenders that we have. So traditional. <clears throat> so these are Spanish. Both are Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so Spanish is the one you see on the front of magazines. It's got the great big flower head mm -hmm. with the like a uh, bumblebee, um, like a bumblebee. Yeah, it's hovering above it. Mm -hmm. There's also French lavender. Mm -hmm. That's the one you do mainly the um, the the fragrance of potpourri. It's got more oils in it. Right. And then there's English lavender, which mm -hmm. is the great big bolt. That's the landscape variety. Right. It's got more wispy, thinner. The foliage is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's also hardier. Right. It takes the cold and weather. So this kind of winter, the 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 English are going to come back in a heartbeat because yeah. they're used to cold, damp, dreary, yeah. 
landscapes, French and Spanish, like bright, hot weather kind of stuff. Yeah, they're perfect for those really hot areas yeah. in your yard, in front of a retaining wall, uh, wherever you got a really hot spot that is perfect for lavender. So, so I definitely recommend Javelin, Javelin Forte, white, and you have Ghostly Princess. Spanish lavenders, right. two of Plus, them. we've got the traditional. We've got some Munsteads in. We got some Goodwin Creek in, which are the more traditional English lavenders. Um, so I also brought. This is really pretty. This is uh, oh. Nipita, otherwise known as Cat Mint. Yeah. So this is another one that's just great for hot spots in the yard. <laughs> it's so big, it's taking up the camera. It so is. there we go. We'll try it. It's a here. nice kind of more low growing. Um, Makes a nice mound, I would say. Probably 18 to 20 inches is how far it spreads out. Just perfect for those spots that nothing else has been able to grow in. Animal resistant. It's in the herb family. Yep. So it is animal resistant. We have this one actually in the landscapes at the garden center, which the javelinas go through. They ravage. All the they time. They ravage, yep. And they do not bother yeah, this definitely. at all. So if you've had a trouble spot before, this is perfect to throw in there. Normally, this would be in bloom in April. So ours, mm -hmm. I just cut ours back real yeah. hard uh, last weekend, I think. Mm -hmm. So I cut it way back. And underneath all that matted, you know, old There's last year's growth, growth it's already up four inches. Mm -hmm. So it's usually it would be in bloom by now. But I think just by cutting back the old last year's foliage, exposing it to this kind of weather that's mm -hmm. coming right now, the sun and the warmth. it'll be in bloom in two yeah. weeks and it will stop. It will not stop blooming through the season. This is one mm -hmm. that benefits if you, if you cut it back or deadhead it uh, in, in the peak of the spring when it's done blooming, then, then fertilize it. It'll come right back into bloom oh, yeah. again. You that's can have right. this thing bloom also four or five times. Up until a hard frost. Oh yeah. It's Easily. amazing. Easily. Every yard should have at least mm -hmm. one cat mint or what's the botanical net? Nepita. Napita, not Pita. That's a good name. <laughs> ah, Napita. If I had another son, I'd name him Napita. No, yeah. That would be bad. Uh, yeah. Also good for container gardening. So if you're not into throwing stuff in the ground, excellent on the edge of a of a large container. Kind of spill over and be really pretty there too. So what is your absolute favorite? You can only have one. You're going to a desert island. You and your plant. It's going to be a perennial. What would be the one perennial you'd take on a desert island with you? I don't know. Just name one. A... First one that comes to mind. Ooh, I can't do it. I'm out. Really? <laughs> I'd go, I would go autumn sage. Oh. Uh, for me. Yeah. Salvia gregii, just because it blooms a long time. <laughs> Hummingbirds love it. It would bring in the butterflies. It would That's just true. be a great little plant. It gets knee high. It doesn't take much care. If I only had one and I wanted to sip coconut juice on my beach on my private island by myself for the next mm -hmm. five years. It would definitely be autumn sage. That's a good one. That's a good pick. There, you no, nope, that's mine. <laughs> you can bring one you know yourself. What I like I like the centranthus. Oh, that's uh, interesting. I just it just blooms so crazy. Long that's uh, Jupiter's beard, right? Jupiter's beard. So that's a native. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good choice. Well, thank you. Yep. So that's a good hardy, easy to care for mm -hmm. hum, hummingbirds again. Right. Love it. Love that. Do we have centranthus? We have right? lots of. Hot or salvias in okay. the autumn sage. Yep. Centranthus, not yet, not yet. but it's coming. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely coming. So that's a good native plant that you should have in your yard, perennial. Mm -hmm. That uh, ours is already up. Again, I cut everything back. All the perennials got back last week, and now it's already up ankle high. Mm -hmm. And within 
two weeks. It'll be blooming. Covered in pink flowers, and it won't stop until next winter. Right. And then it's one that, that reseeds throughout the yard, kind of like Gallardia. Mm -hmm. It just keeps reseeding or blanket flower. There's right. They call it, the common name is blanket flower because eventually it's going to blanket <laughs> your yard with this beautiful right. sunflower type type flower mm -hmm. that blooms nonstop. Yeah. And animals don't eat them. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Pack rats are our nemesis in the backyard. Oh, I know. Cavalina in the front. <laughs> and neither one bothers either one. The, uh, um, lavenders. Catmint, Jupiter's beard is a common name. Mm -hmm. Was the the salvia. other one? Salvias. They don't bother any of Not those. Not at all. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So that's it for this segment. Perennials. You can put perennials in now. You can enjoy the fragrance, the color, the beauty now. And not to worry about covering over what's going to happen down the road. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New pink blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow, and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Let's cover herbs. Uh, it's time to put the herb gardens in. I think it's time to put potatoes and onions and garlics and rhubarb and asparagus. It is time. In fact, you're starting to run out of time on some of those things. So you want to put your root crops in now. You could start by seed, your, your radishes, your carrots. They can all be going in now. All of your early spring vegetables and flowers, they need to go in now. I mean, don't protect them. Plant them right in the gardens and enjoy the color. Start harvesting spinach like right now because it's time. If you're waiting to put potatoes in, we've got lots of crops, lots of varieties of potatoes. So purples, the reds, the regular russets, those could all be put in the ground right now. At um, some point, I should put a do, a do a show on or a segment on just how to grow potatoes. It's so easy and so fun. Oh, my gosh. And there's nothing better than a fresh potato you just planted in the ground. It's just amazing. Anyway, uh, but this, this segment, I want to cover herbs. Herbs are 
I think they grow better here than anywhere else in the country. So if you, in the Midwest and the South, you get some, some humidity, things that happen, they get leaf spot and some mildews, some melting problems. Uh, in the more rainy areas like the Northwest, same thing. They just, they like bright sun. Herbs need at least six hours of sun or more. So the more sun, the better they are. So they just love this and they like cool nights. And so the, the, the flavor and the fragrance will come out of your herbs when they're, when they're dry, when they're cool at night, bright during the day. This is just everything about the mountains. Herbs love to grow here. And, and most of them are perennial. That is, they'll come back year after year. You're planting them once and you harvest them for years. So sage, oregano, lavenders, curry, mint. These are all things. Thyme. I have an entire lawn of nothing but thyme. Creeping thyme. It's just wonderful. And they come back year after year after year. They're just easy, easy to grow. Probably one of the easiest plants. And if you're out in that, in that uh, wildland interface, you've got antelope right there in the Paquito Valley up in that, you know, up at the base of the Bradshaws or, or you're out in the forest of, of Hazley and Copper Basin up that upper that ridgeline. You've got wildlife everywhere. It's ridiculous. You're surrounded. Your neighbors are feeding the javelina. Yours, you don't stand a chance, but herbs you do. Herbs, they don't like herbs. They don't like the flavor of herbs. They don't like the taste of herbs. You would think they would. We enjoy them so much. But animals, they don't like the flavor. Maybe they'll eat a little bit of, of, of fennel. They might eat a little bit of basil, but they don't like thyme and oregano and curries and lavenders flat out. You can put them right in the middle unless they're bedding in them. Then they're not eating them. They're just squishing them while they root them around and make a, make a bed in their whatever. So they're, they're, they're a good plant. For They take our wind. They take our sun. They take our alkalinity. Our, our, our water is just makes it more difficult to grow things here in the mountains of Arizona. And that's all of us, whether you're tuned in from the White Mountains, Flagstaff, Camp Verde. I think all of Sedona came over last weekend to the garden centers. Camp Verde came over strong. Cornville, you, that side of the hill just kind of went, okay, it's time to garden. I think what it is, it was noticeable because you all are just a click warmer than we are here. And all it took, and you've been pent up as well. I think they just all got in the car and went, we're going over the hill. We're hitting Trader Joe's and Costco and Waters Garden Center. We're going to do some plant gardening. So it's kind of fun to see that. And we're very familiar with that that part of the state, this whole central highlands. Uh, so we're from Seligman and Kingman. Kingman. You all are represented because you come over for the VA and I think some shopping. You don't have a great garden center there. And so you're coming over. We're kind of that last first or last business. You come into town. You just hit us on the way out. So I love it when you share where you're from. Please say hi because it's interesting for us. It just makes it, it's just, it's just fun. I don't know. It's part of, I get to hear the stories and what's going on. That's what I love about retail. Yes, we're selling plants, but Really, it's a people relationship thing. And you just get to talk to folks and hear where they're from and what's going on. So just interesting how this year is kind of playing out a little differently. Herbs. I think you are time. There, there's, there's a season for it. And right now is the season to plant herbs. All except for maybe basil. That's a summer plant. It doesn't like the frost or any kind of cold at all. But oregano loves it. Mint needs it. Lavender thrives in it. And so you want to plant those things right now. 
I would say plant them. Don't cover them. Just leave them exposed. Give them more sunlight. They want morning till evening sun. The secret, the insider tips for herbs. And it's just, it's just me. Okay, so this is, my name is Ken. We're just friends. We're talking over the back fence. And this is kind of working in my backyard. I think it's going to work in yours as well. Um, they, they like to be a rich garden soil. They thrive better. They flush. So these are very fast growing plants. They like to be cut. Don't let your herbs go to seed. So don't let basils or oregano or thyme or we keep, keep, they like to be cut back often. They're kind of like a lawn. You're harvesting the, the rich, tender, new foliage. That's where the best flavor comes out. So go for that. So the more you cut on them, it's almost like they get better as, as you cut on them. So don't be afraid to harvest, pick off foliage, harvest stems, using them. Even if you're not going to use it, just cut it back and, and compost it or just add it. What I'll do is I'll add it to, to, to in the barbecue. I'll just have them there kind of roasting, adding aroma to the chicken or to the pork chop on the barbecue. Uh, sometimes I'll harvest barbecues, long stems of my, my rosemary. There's a variety, Tuscan blue or barbecue rosemaries. These are real long stems. I'll take a long stem. I'll strip off the foliage except for the very end. And I use them as a, as a skewer. So I'll just skewer the, I'll take this rosemary stem and I'll use it to have shish kebabs on the barbie. And it just has this flavor that goes from the inside out. It's like magic. Oh my gosh. We love rotisseries. And so I will take a, uh, a pork chop or, or, or a, a, a tenderloin and I'll have it on the rotisserie on the grill. I'll have a, a, a saucer underneath that, usually a, a pan of some sort with some water. And I just go pick my herbs and I'll, I'll sprinkle that so that it's it's actually there brewing underneath the meats and it just comes out. It's nice for me when I'm grilling on the back patio, but it's also, it adds that flavor to my whatever I'm grilling. It's just great sprinkle on, on top of zucchinis. It just, it's a wonderful way. Herbs are so, if you're buying herbs from the grocery store, oh, you are missing out. Fresh herbs are better and way cheaper to grow. I mean, oh my gosh, you can do this yourself and it's free at that point for years to come. It's a great way to go. The other one I noticed too, and again, it's just, there's some personal experiences. The flavor of my herbs are better when they're on the dry side. And so for my vegetables, like tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants, I, I harvest those early morning because they're better when they're plump and full early in the morning. Not so with herbs. Herbs taste better. There's more flavor. There's more, there's more aroma to them if you pick them in the heat of the day. So I'll wait until 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the day. At the end of the day, two, three, four, they, the flavor is better on my herbs when I'm waiting till they're just on the dry side. So don't water them and then harvest. Let them go dry and then take a blow dryer to them. The flavor will be better at that point. It just, you'll notice it. You'll have this, this flavor to it. Another one too, um, just while I'm on a kick, while I'm on my, I'm on a rant, here we go. Uh, uh, oregano is, I, I use that, that one often. Uh, I'll use that as a replacement for cilantro in my pico de gallo. It has a really deep, rich, spicy flavor to it. But sometimes oregano's too spicy. 
So in, in its place, I use sweet marjoram. It's, it's like it has an oregano flavor, but it's always sweet. So if you need that sweeter side for sautés and stuff, boy, look at sweet marjoram. It is so delicious. But it's time. You can garden. You can put your herbs in. Start with those. Put them in because they're going to be perennial. So think through where can I put them and have them stay. I don't have to, I don't have to turn the soil. A rototiller is going to get them. Just get them where they can. They're, they're in for years, not just a season. You can plant herbs in your backyard. It's so easy to grow them. If you need help, we're here for you. Glad to help you. Right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird Columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So I have been putting in quite a few container gardens. And so I thought I'd just give you a quick tip on what will help you. With, with raised beds and, and containers, things where you're, you're, you're artificially adding soil so you don't have to deal with all that muck that's out in the landscape. It's a great way to go. Things will grow for years in containers. I've got tree, peach trees, roses, lavenders, gardenias, Japanese maples. They're all in containers. When I'm adding flowers or vegetables or herbs, I'm going to add some things to my containers because they can they get they, they're pretty beat up right now. They need some freshness. Boy, I tell you, you do a little bit of work and instantly they look like oh it's spring, and it's only been 15 minutes since you planted that thing. It's just a, it's a game changer for an entire front entrance or back patio or deck. It's a great way to go. When I'm adding new plants, I'm trying to add some freshness, some fresh potting soil. This is critical. Don't be using the same old soil expected to perform for years to come for you. It's not going to do that. The soil gets worn out and used. Plants are using the soil that they're in. In fact, you'll actually watch a raised bed. You're thinking the wind takes it away. It's not. The plants are actually using, consuming, eating the soil and using it at the root level. So they're using up the, the, the soil. You need to add some fresh soil to that container, to that raised bed. So when I'm adding a new geranium, let's say when I plant petunias or a new, some more uh, uh, kale out there for juicing in the morning, 
I'm going to take as much of that old plant out as I can. I'm not replacing all the soil because usually I've got some perennials in there as anchors that I'm accessorizing with annual flowers. So I've got this, I've got, I've got the best of both worlds. I've got plants that come back every year, but I'm also I'm adding frosting called annuals to my containers. I'm trying to dig up that old stuff and trying to get, I'm trying to be more aggressive than maybe I should. Pulling out that old root, there's old roots there. That is not good. Plants are not going to perform well for you. You want to add some fresh potting soil. This is where it gets confusing. I tell you, you walk up to that wall of soil at the box store, you know, oh my gosh, which one do you need? And they all say the best growing mix you could have. Uh, you want a good, so waters, potting soil is for pots. Top soil is for filling in holes in the yard. I just got to have some filler. Uh, manure is just that. It's poop in a bag. We deodorize ours. It looks rich. It's not stinking, gooey, gross, but it's it's nitrogen rich. It's going to build up worms and mycorrhizal colonies. It's going to make things grow fast. Mulch or compost is made to amend our native soil just so it doesn't turn right back into that hard clay soil or retain some moisture around the more granity soils. Potting soil is made for raised beds and containers. It's what our plants are started in. So if you want, if you can get a plant, if you can buy a start from the garden center and add it to your gardens and give it more of the same exact soil it's got in what it was started in, give it more of that, you will have success every time. If you put it in some chunky, gross, half-hearted, amended soil in, the, in your garden, they're going to freak out. They're going to—we call that transplant shock. They're just going to go, "Oh my gosh, what just happened to me?" Give it more of the same, and you're you're golden. You can do that easily in a container by giving it more of this, of just adding some more fresh soil to that top layer. If it's a small pot, just replace all the soil with with fresh potting soil every year. If it's a large pot, just take big chunks out, make it go. We go into a lot of this. So this weekend's garden class, this weekend was lilacs. Next week, it's on vegetables and herbs. If you want to up your game on that and how to do this really well, either in the ground or in containers, come to next week's garden class, Friday at 3, how to grow better vegetables and herbs. The week after that is gardening for newcomers. If you're new to the area, this is going to make sure you don't make as many mistakes. You're going to be better uh, you're going to be going in the right direction, at least. That's gardening for newcomers. Anyway, garden classes are Fridays at 3. Come join us. They're fun. And we'll see you here at the Garden Center. Please say hi as you visit. There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden. Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries, naturally grown for local success. Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now. You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.